All right. Well, when someone comes to visit your home, what do you do? Someone comes to spend some time with you, what do you do? How do you prepare? What, what do you do when they come into your house? You might say, well, it depends on who it is. If it's somebody I know really well, I might just turn toward the door and, it's unlocked. Come in. But maybe it's somebody else, and, and we've been given a little bit of a warning, and so we scurry about cleaning the house up and getting everything ready. Maybe it's that old pal we have, or maybe it's somebody that's just larger than life. I think we've tossed the, fr- the phrase out before that there's such thing as a refrigerator friend. You know, the kind of person that can come in and they're welcome to go in the fr- refrigerator whenever they want to. Pull out some mayonnaise and some bread and some cheese and cold cuts and make themselves a sandwich. A refrigerator friend. They're the easy kind of welcome into the home to share time and space under our roof with them. But if it's somebody larger than life, somebody distinctly known to the world, that can be a little bit more intimidating. You know, I, um, when we apply that to the church, churches have this thing of where, you know, there are certain folks that we just always expect to be there every single week. And there's this sense of, Ah, hey, we're together. It's, it's just time to be together and kind of that refrigerator friend. This is your church. It's your place. You know where to turn. You know what to turn on and turn off. Then there are guests, and we always have this special mindset. Hey, there might be guests this morning. Let's make sure that whatever their needs might be, whatever questions they might have, how can we be ready for them? When I was uh, on staff out at Bel Air Presbyterian Church a good number of years ago, I was the director of college ministries. and um, So we had members showing up, and we had guests showing up. But one of our members uh, happened to be at the time uh, President Reagan and his wife Nancy. And so when they would show up, it was a different story altogether. You know, there were roped off areas. They sat in their own pew. They had secret service people with them, uh, special uh, um, places for their cars to come and go, and other people held aside, and different arrangements were being made. Refrigerator friends, larger than life. You know, when we talk about the breadth of connection, It's also what we've been talking about in our sermon series with you, that in this sermon series, we have been exploring God's presence with us, that we know that divine presence with us would be that the divine God, the the God who is with all the power that God has, all the glory that God has, that this God is with us. Today, our conversation on the subject is called Remaining Close. We're going to be taking a look at a passage from the Upper Room Discourse. Now, this is a part of John's Gospel that we've actually studied before, and it's those chapters uh, 13 through 17 that is part of that Upper Room Discourse. And all this, all that time that Jesus was spending, according to John's Gospel, was in preparation of uh, Jesus knowing that he was going to die on the cross. And 
having that conversation with his followers to prepare them too for that experience. And so if you have your Bibles with you, I encourage you to open them. We'll put the words on the screen as well. Let me move out of the way just a little bit there. We'll put them on the screen. Uh, and let's go ahead and take a look at our passage. John chapter 14, verses 15 through 17. Hear the word of God. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will speak, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. May God bless the reading of his word, and may God bless us as we come under his word. Here's what I'd like us to do today. We're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. We've been talking about God with us, and, and here the focus now becomes on God's Spirit, the Holy Spirit coming to be with us. And in that, what I'd like us to explore is, um, first we're going to talk about intimacy, just seeing that, making sure we have a similar understanding of what that means. And then we'll talk about the Holy Spirit's role in God. Uh, remaining close to us, the Holy Spirit's role in God remaining close to us. And then we'll talk about the Holy Spirit's role in our remaining close to God. So first, just about intimacy. There are different models to understand intimacy, and you can find them on the internet yourself. Um, I came across this one that had more to do with the kinds of conversations, and so kind of loosely based off of what I saw there, um, let me offer up this, this filter to see who, who filters out in terms of intimacy to you. So think, um, who is it that you could talk with about the weather? Who is it that you could talk with about the weather? You know, there's probably a, a large group of people that you could talk, well, it sure is warm outside. Uh, hope we get some rain. Corn and beans could use some rain. And you could have that conversation with just about anybody. All right, so if that's one filter, maybe a next step up would be someone you could share the things you did with this past week. Someone that you could open up your life and just the things that you did and you would want to hear from them the things that they did this past week. Maybe a filter above that would be that someone that you feel comfortable sharing your opinions and beliefs your opinions and beliefs. Maybe we need to hit pause here because maybe if, if you're that extroverted person that goes, I can share all of this with everybody all the time. And the rest of us go, Ugh. what's the filter then beyond that? How about that filter where we're comfortable sharing our feelings to be able to share our joys, our struggles, maybe some of our fears, and then even beyond that, the level of intimacy where we can share our deepest needs and our greatest yearnings, our longings. Sifting out intimacy. When you apply that to God, God wants to have the very deepest of intimacy with all of his children. In the divine human intimacy, we find that it's a prominent topic in this upper room discourse. Jesus comes back to it time and time again. 
In fact, let me ask a favor. If you're willing, and you can work this however it works best for you. So if, if eyes closed works for you, feel free to do the eyes closed. If it eyes open, what, whatever works for you. But I'd like to just read some lines from these chapters at the end of John's gospel. And if you would, please, try to picture the kind of intimacy that Jesus describes. I'll just read one right after the other, and we won't put the verse numbers with them, but these are the words that Jesus says. So either eyes closed or eyes open. Jesus said, Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. In that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. If anyone loves me, that person will keep my word. And my Father will love that person, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Abide in me, and I in you. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. Jesus praying to his heavenly Father, Holy Father, keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one even as we are one, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me, I in them and you in me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you loved me. If your eyes are closed, feel free to open them. Do you get a picture of intimacy, of oneness, of closeness? God desires such a relationship with us. We know that when we talk about a refrigerator friend, even Jesus said to his followers, he said, listen, I no longer call you servants. I call you my friends. And yet we also know at the very same time that this is the God who created all things and for whom all things exist. Um, maybe in one of your trips to St. Louis, you went and took a tour of the Basilica of St. Louis. If you haven't done it yet, really encourage you to go and take a look at the space. It really is an incredible building. You go inside the basilica, and it's just a massive volume, and, and you look around. It's like an otherworldly experience. There are tiled mosaics on all the walls and the ceiling, and, and you go in, and you feel like there's just this majesticness about the building. And so you compare that to our gathering place just off of our lobby, you know, where those pub tables are with all the chairs, and and there's a, a, a sink and a mini fridge. And, and we never know how to set the tables up just the same way each time. They just get pushed around. And we find that in this relationship that God has with us, in the intimacy, that there's this connection that we get to have with God that is both basilica and otherness and also just this closeness and a friend. Intimacy. God desiring intimacy with us. All right, so if that's intimacy, let's talk about the Holy Spirit's role in God remaining close to us. 
the Holy Spirit's role in God remaining close to us. There were a good number of years as my uh, boys were growing up, um, and even before that, uh, even before they were born, uh, my dad and uh, his wife at the time, uh, Judy, my stepmom, that they uh, put out, they sent out a letter every single week. It was the family letter. We all knew that we were going to get it in the mail, and, and it was a, a pulling together. I come from a family that's had a, a number of uh, divorces and, and, and disconnects and, and additions in the midst of it. And so my dad and my stepmom did this to kind of keep us all connected, remaining close with each other. So I have uh, step-siblings. Um, at the time, it was uh, a sister, Sally, and a brother, Scott, and a sister, Cindy. They came in with my stepmother, and uh, unfortunately, my stepsister, S Sally, died too early. And, um, uh, but the letter came nonetheless so that I could know what was going on with Scott and Gina and their kids, and that would be filled in in the letter, and what was going on with Cindy and Gerald and their two girls, and what was going on with my brother and his wife, Natalie, and their son, Jeremy. And they would all know what was going on with Vicky and me and our two boys. Not only did the siblings get to hear about each other, but then Dad and Judy would, would include information about grandparents and aunts and uncles. And uh, it wasn't a whole lot of depth in the letter, but you'd get a little bit of introduction. That was my earthly father doing the work of trying to help us all stay close, connected. What we find here in Jesus' words in our text that he, that God is, uh, that he's asking of God, that, and God would send, God the Father would send the Spirit into this world. In fact, if we read verse 16, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Let's focus on that word helper. Maybe your translation had advocate. Or your translation had counselor or comforter. In the ESV, it's helper. The, uh, the word in the Greek is paraclete, that another paraclete. Uh, the word, if you pull it apart, it actually means uh, one who comes alongside. And so Jesus goes, I'm going to ask the Father, and he's going to send you another paraclete, a paraclete, one who comes alongside. It, as you have probably heard before, that I tend to enjoy the commentaries that are produced by Dale Bruner. So I find him to be a, a, a marvelous reflector on God's Word. Here, when he looks at the text, and he looks at the use of the word paraclete, and that's also its verbal form in the New Testament, he comes to the translation of true friend, that God would send us a true friend, another true friend, paraclete. Then that way that Jesus describes it, that he says it's another key clue in our understanding of the intimacy that we get to have with God, of who this is that God is sending to us. When Jesus says another paraclete, he identifies himself as a paraclete, as one who has come alongside, as, as a true friend to his followers. As is Jesus, so is the Spirit. As Jesus was sent into this world by the Father and befriended the followers um, that here the Spirit is being sent, another paraclete. You know, when we look at the Old Testament, 
we find that God the Father seems to be the, the main actor. He's, he gets the attention. In fact, the attention of the Spirit, when we go back into the Old Testament, we find that the Spirit is focused on the work of the Father in this world. When we get to the Gospels, we find the attention now being on Jesus, the second person of the Trinity. And even when we look at the text of the Gospels, we find that the Spirit is focused on Jesus. And then came Jesus' death on the cross, his resurrection. And what Jesus is talking about is that then that becomes the time of the Spirit. And the Spirit focusing on the work of the Father and the Son in the church. Another paraclete. And one thing just to point out, another thing to point out here is that if it's another paraclete, as Jesus is a person, we are to understand too that the Holy Spirit is a person, not just some kind of force, but the third person of the Trinity to be known. Jesus then uses the phrase, Spirit of Truth. You might recall that Jesus had previously, in this very chapter, had described himself as, I am the way and the truth and the life. And so Jesus is the truth. And here the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Truth, the one who brings the truth of Christ to us. In fact, there are five times in the upper room discourse where Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit. And in two of them, two others besides this one, he says this, he goes, the Spirit will bear witness about me. And in another one he says, the Spirit will not speak on his own authority. So in coming after us, the role of the Spirit comes to us with who Jesus is. We'll, we'll work in our midst to make sure that we remember Jesus. In fact, don't expect a different kind of authority. Don't expect the Spirit to come up with a whole different agenda. Whatever the agenda was that Jesus had is going to be the agenda that the Spirit has. Maybe you're already making the connection. But there are a couple other places in John's Gospel where Jesus said, listen, any words I say, any actions I take, they're not my own. They're from the Father. That Jesus said, anything you experience in me, you're really experiencing the Father. So when we experience the Spirit, the Spirit is all about Jesus, who is all about the Father, and we have the triune God at work in our lives. This is God coming toward us, the Holy Spirit bringing the very agenda of God into our lives. And then Jesus uses the word forever, that He will be with you forever Maybe this is your experience too. I know it's my experience. I, I'm not very good at forever. Uh, I, I can be challenged by remaining consistent for a week. Um, you know, I, one day I can be all for this and the next day I can be all about distractions. Maybe you have the same thing, but when God comes towards us, he brings the ability to be forever. God's presence with us consistently, faithfully with us. And then he adds the thing, and he dwells with you and will be in you. Picture him. Jesus talking with his followers. And we see a difference in the tense of the verb. That Jesus first says he dwells with you. That's a present tense verb. And, and then we find in the, and will be in you is a future tense and so even here, as Bruner points out in his commentary, that, that the, you can have this sense of Jesus going, listen, already dwelling with you, dwells with you, dwells with you even now, but there will be a pouring out of the Spirit and dwells in you 
soon to come. If this is true, what do we do? If this is God coming toward us, the Holy Spirit's role in God remaining close, bringing all of who God is, the very agenda of God into our life, how do we respond? I believe it would be prudent for us to be aware, to listen, to open ourselves, to pay attention. That we're not just about a relationship with God that we're to manage and we're in charge of and, and we're going to direct when we listen to, but, but we would open ourselves that God coming to us would teach us in and through the Spirit. We'd be paying attention to what God wants to do in our lives. The living God is living inside of you. And the words in our text are in the plural, so dwells uh, dwells with you collectively and be in you collectively you know one thing about humans is that we can be really full of ourselves on any given day at any given moment and one of the things about being full of ourselves is then we tend to push each other away i want to be full of myself and so in order for that to happen i need you to back off and and we kind of go through this process no matter who we are it's just something that we tend to do but when the Spirit comes in, what God does is the Spirit is here to unite us in Christ. The role of God's remaining close to us being lived out by the Holy Spirit. Okay, so if that's the Spirit at work, having God remain close to us, then how does the Spirit work in our remaining close to God? I mentioned my dad and my stepmom before so as my boys were growing up, so money was really tight. We, you know, we would go on car trips and we'd have to manage everything and we just didn't have the ability to fly all over the place. And, but what my dad and his wife, my stepmom did was that they would just freely fly us out to Phoenix. That's where they lived. They had the resources and, and they would go, you all come out here. Don't worry about it. We've got you covered. We'll take care of it. They were acting to bring us to them. in a similar way, the Spirit is given to us to bring us closer to God. Again, if we go back to that word paraclete, just to point out that when we use the word helper or comforter or advocate, that it's our helper, our comforter, our advocate. It's our true friend. We're the ones the Spirit comes alongside that, that we might be able to grow in our faith and be in community with God. If we take a look again at the phrase Spirit of Truth, there's this passage in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, Paul writing to the church at Corinth. He says this, Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit, of the, but the Spirit who is from God that we might understand the things freely given us by God. Notice that. That's what the Spirit's doing. Helping us understand. Helping us be open to what God is going to reveal, to know what God is revealing. And then Paul talks about this for himself. He goes, and we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit. The Spirit helping us know and understand Interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. 
The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The Spirit working in us to know and understand. So what do we do? If that's what the Spirit's doing, if the Spirit's working that we would understand, that we would know that He's our true friend, what do we do? Be aware. We listen. We open ourselves. We pay attention. In other words, we don't give up. Maybe you've heard this before. Maybe these words have come out of your mouth like they've come out of my mouth. Oh, there's too much to know. I, 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 how can I understand all that? You know what? I'm just going to put a limit on how much I want to know about God. And we cap it off. But the Spirit comes that we might know more. Even right now. Even right now in this experience. It's true that you have a responsibility and I have a responsibility. You have a responsibility. Hopefully, we all got good night's sleep last night. We, we all sit here and we work at paying attention. And, and we're mindful and we want to be present here. We're not thinking about something else somewhere else. And then I have a responsibility that I do the work and I, I try to put together a, 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 what seems to be a good message and it, and it flows one thing to the next. I work on what I, I have my responsibility. But in truth, the one who is working the most here is the Holy Spirit. It's impossible to understand these things apart from the work of the Spirit in our lives. In fact, the very words that I say may not be the ones that God would use to, to uh, communicate what He wants you to understand in this midst. Oh, I may be saying, you may be hearing these words, but the truth that God reveals in your heart may be something altogether different, that God is making those connections because the Spirit is at work helping you to remain close to God. The living God is at work drawing you closer to Himself. So let me finish with this. What do we do? We've already covered it. What do we do? Of course, we be, we're going to be aware. We're going to listen. We're going to open ourselves up. We're going to pay attention. But then Jesus also provides those words in verse 15. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. You know, in our, lang in our language, we're used to a conditional clause having some iffiness to it. Like... Is it going to happen? <laughs> There's a way in the original language to be able to write it so that it's not uh, uh, something not sure that's going to happen. It actually has way more confidence to it. If you love me, and you will love me, that's the way this is written. If you love me, and you will love me, when you love me, you will keep my commandments. You will keep my commandments. And then that's when Jesus provides the words, and I will ask the Father. So what do we do? We keep loving. In response to what the Spirit has already done in our lives, we keep loving God. We, we keep loving Christ. We, we keep following the commandments of Christ. And knowing that Jesus is the one who is asking the Father. And the Father is the one who provides the Spirit for us. You know, it can be tempting in our experience of Christianity today to have a Christianity that's only past and future. A Christianity that where we go, listen, I'm saved. Jesus died on a cross. And some time ago I said yes to Jesus, I'm saved. And so it's past. 
And then we think about, yes, I'm going to heaven, and I, I, I'm looking forward to spending all of eternity with, with God in heaven forever and evermore. And so we have this kind of Christianity that's both past and future. The Holy Spirit's involvement communicates that it's the ever-present now. That faith is not just about past, being saved, and about future, living with God in heaven, but the Spirit is given for the ever-present now. That we might love God, submit to Him, and that in His name we would love others, we would minister in His name, that we would share the good news about Jesus, that we would tell other people about our faith and about who Christ is, and about the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, that we would experience transformation, that we would serve, and that we would enjoy God. In other words, that we know through the power of the Holy Spirit, in fact, even our very experience of the Holy Spirit, that God is both our refrigerator friend and someone who is larger than life, the eternal God of all things. May you know his presence in your life even today. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you that indeed you have a desire for us to know you and that you would send your spirit into this world that even our very hearts would be quickened. And that, God, you desire to be present with us, and you are present with us every single day. That if we've said yes to Jesus, that we know we have your Spirit in our lives. God, may we be full of your Spirit. May your Spirit's voice be the loudest one in our lives. May it be the one that directs us when we're alone or when we're with others. God, help us to remain aware and open. People who listen and pay attention to you. God, help us to remain close. And thank you for accomplishing that through the gift of your spirit. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Let's stand and sing.